0: Hello, this is Lawrence Lewis.
1: And this is Sister Christian.
0: Today is Monday, May 4th. This is the Producers Happy Hour, a daily podcast with two producers on opposite coasts reaching out to our filmmaking and live event community to hear your stories about how the pandemic has affected you, your life, and your work.
1: Your stories let us know that we're not alone. It's important for us to keep sharing our experiences, ideas. It, it helps us. We're hoping that it helps you as well.
0: So email us, or better yet, record a one- to two-minute voice memo on your smartphone and send it to us at producershappyhour at gmail.com. Just follow the instructions on our website, producershappyhour.com.
1: And please share the show with family, friends, colleagues, work buddies, your basketball league, everybody. <laughs> everybody. We want these stories to be heard, and we think that our community, is large and specific as it is, the stories are human stories. They apply outwardly as well.
0: Yes, they do. Christian, today we're chatting with Rupert Reynolds-McLean and Samantha Chitty from Biscuit, UK.
1: Can't wait to see how the Brits are doing and what their procedures are moving forward and what they're currently doing now.
0: Yeah, so it'll be a good chat. Yes. But here we are, Christian. What is this, like episode 38? Week 8? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, may
1: the fourth be uh, with you
0: (laughs) may the fourth be with you how are you doing um
1: yeah weekend weekend was great couple of vet visits slid in there um but i think we're Um, doing well and the cats are on the mend. everyone seems to be uh doing well so that's good um how was your weekend
0: it was lovely did a lot of walking uh, with a friend in oh, the beautiful, right? Hills of Los Feliz, Yes. Mm. Exploring all the beautiful homes north of Los Feliz Boulevard. That yes. was really nice. And then played a lot of craps and blackjack on Zoom with some friends.
1: Oh, fun. Do you win um, anything?
0: Well, we don't play for money.
1: <laughs> well, you know, anything you know, could mean reputation, bragging rights. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: we don't play for money. We're playing for souls. Um, <laughs> nice. No, it was just for fun.
1: Good. I mean, it was beautiful uh, New York City spring weekend. I mean, yeah. just gorgeous enough to bring all the kids to the yard.
0: <laughs> yes, there were a lot of people out. I do have to say that. quite Without a masks. Lot, a lot of people out, a handful without masks. I mean, people are pretty good here in Los Feliz, but not where you are.
1: No. I think that there are still people out there who assume that they're not going to get it or that they don't have. I don't know. But I mean, you saw like, large groups of people in the late 20s, early 30s. Yeah. Walking around without masks on.
0: Yeah, it's quite a lot of young people walking around without mm-hmm. masks. But I guess if you think about it, it's week eight. Mm hmm. And they they haven't been sick. It doesn't seem like anything's changing in their world. So right. Maybe, maybe they
1: know a few you know, people who had mild cases or maybe they had a mild and case. And got over and, it. Yeah. Exactly.
0: So it's uh, it's it's an unknown entity, this thing. It's not in front of your face. It's easy to think it's not real.
1: Right. The volume of information that we do not know has caused me to be very cautious. Yeah. And so I will keep doing me and um, let them keep doing them, I guess. I mean, my, my own hesitation about starting back to work or everything opening up is not going to prevent it from happening. I think yeah. that's was my realization this morning. Yeah. And so is, you know, nervous as I am or the discussions that we've been having everything. We still need to keep having them, but I think I need to resolve the fact mm-hmm. that it's happening whether I want it to or not. So I got to deal with it and make my voice heard.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's all we can do right now. I mean, my friend left a bunch of Facebook production groups because there's so much fighting going on about reopening Hollywood, coming back to work for people that, you know, think I'll be fine. Let's get back to work to people that are maybe more aligned with us thinking like, "Eh, this might be a little bit too soon. The fighting on those boards have gotten crazy. So it's strange how dividing. It's very dividing. This has become, yeah. I was listening to NPR this morning. Up first, they interviewed somebody who's been tracking cell phone data. Mm -hmm. Mm Location-based data, right? Anonymous. I'm
1: fascinated by this, by the way. Yeah,
0: so it's just seeing where the phones are moving to. exactly. And they've analyzed that all of a sudden, starting on Friday, movements are way up. Way up, so they can tell that social distancing they have a rating system for it, and it plummeted since this weekend so yeah it's it's a little it's a little worrisome
1: it is and i I think it goes back to when we were talking two weeks ago when the governor of Florida or Georgia or one of those. The talking about opening up has gotten people like talking about it. Now they're kind of used to yeah. the idea. So it's like, fuck it, let's just do it. Whether you're in a state that should or shouldn't, people are so used to the idea of opening up that mm-hmm. they're just doing it and it's throwing ha-
0: it's happening. precaution yeah. to
1: the wind. So,
0: <laughs> Well, here in L.A., this is my news story for today. Yes, Eric Garcetti, our mayor, is not planning to lift the stay-at-home orders on the 15th, Mm -hmm. he did say that before he does that, he would like to see two consecutive weeks of declining COVID deaths and hospitalizations before he starts to relax things in a major way. He did say, however, that there could be some small relaxations after the 15th of the safer-at-home orders for two weeks, and then maybe even more loosening of these restrictions the next two weeks after so they can track it every two weeks. So it looks like that's going to start happening with the knowledge that 95% of the residents here in L.A. County are capable of contracting the virus without even having symptoms of it. It's just too risky. So they're going to take it Mm -hmm. slow and steady. So I checked the Film L.A. website and still everything's still shut down, no permits or anything. But they did say that Film L.A. was recently informed that L.A. County authorities may soon allow limited indoor television production to resume in unincorporated county territories. Mm -hmm. So that's not L.A. City, but it's L.A. County outside Mm -hmm. of L.A. City jurisdiction. Wow. And of course, it would be subject to workplace sanitation and social distancing protocols.
1: Who enforces that? I don't know. I know, I know, I know, I know. And this is, again, the big topics that all over every message board that I'm on right now is like, that's fantastic, but is it an honor system? And then do you really want to turn your life your parents life your kids life your spouse's life like whatever into the Uh, hands of the honor system
0: yeah yeah
1: i know i know i don't want to be a debbie downer here i i I also don't want to sound like i don't want to go back to work because i do i miss it so much Uh it's been my life for so long and it is my career and I think I'm good at it (laughs) and I miss it and I would like to go back and so I'm not saying any of that I'm just saying that I don't I I don't want to hurt people
0: I know because the responsibility inevitably is on us
1: it's us even though there's a discussion there's tons of discussions about a lot of other things but and we could do the very we could do a hundred percent great we can yeah. 100% eradicate it and never have a problem. And then, you know, somebody spouse, you know, gave it to them the night before and they come in and then it's right. just, you can do everything many factors right. factors
0: we can't control as producers and it's scary. Yeah. It's scary. But yeah, we, I'd love to get back to work. But I would love to too. Unless there's some surefire way of making everybody safe. It's just it's, it's, a, it's a confusing thing. The other thing that I read was this article that the Wharton School of Pennsylvania right. put together some modeling mm. tests of reopening states right now. And right. if we start reopening states now, it'll result in 233,000 deaths from the virus. Obviously, yes. modelings have been off. We know that, you know, their predictions, but um, God, even if that was close to being accurate. It's scary.
1: I absolutely think that that is true because, again, we're, we're nowhere close to understanding
2: uh-uh.
1: or any kind of cure, quote unquote, or vaccine. Yeah. We're just nowhere yeah. close to it. So None. I do think that if you decide to go out in public without a mask or if you you know, decide to go back to work in a non-essential job, you should also be informed and understand the risks that you're taking. Yes. And that's where I don't think waivers are going to do it.
0: (laughs) No, no, no. Hey, so Christian, Friday night we were on a little internet TV show. I know.
1: (laughs) It was nuts. It was (laughs) live streaming and everything. A a
0: live stream interview about the show.
1: Yes, we were on dispatches from the social distance Scott Robinson show from RFI media production. Mm -hmm. It was, it it was a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) I do have to say I was a little bit nervous that live. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely produced live show before, you know, we yeah, got it I have together. too,
0: but I've never been on the other end of the camera.
1: Yeah, where you're it. like being pointed at and I'm like, oh, and Scott was such a pro. It was it was yes. a lot of fun. I got a little bit nervous.
0: You started like calling us on the Skype chat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but again,
1: that was an- <laughs> I know. And I was like, uh, if I was a producer of this show, I'd be like, what is she doing? Did what she not hell? read the instructions given <laughs> to her? But it was Skype, too. And Skype is a shit
0: show. Yes, it is. Yeah, unless
1: you guys want to sponsor us, then I love Skype. Then we love Skype,
0: yes. (laughs) Well, that was fun. Check it out. We'll post a link to the show in our show notes, right? We were on day 49 on Friday, May 1st. (laughs) Yes. Let's get on with our interview with our friends at Biscuit UK.
1: Yes, please. But before we do, I would like to direct everybody to our Take Action page, where we have several links to things for you if you want to volunteer, if you want to donate, or if you just need help with your still. I know many people who don't have unemployments coming to them yet, or their mm. stimulus, 1200 bucks. Like, there's just so much out there. Go to our Take Action page, donate, or see where you can help.
0: Yes. All right. Rupert Reynolds McLean started as managing director of Biscuit Filmworks UK in May of 2017 and has a wealth of experience in commercial production, branded content and strategy. Prior to Biscuit, Rupert worked in the commercial industry in London for 10 years and has held various roles from production to sales and has launched a number of young directors into the UK market. Projects he's worked on have earned accolades from Can Lions, to the Webbies, to the British Arrows, and on and on.
1: Sam cut her production teeth at Academy Films in London before going freelance eight years ago. Since then, she has produced for various companies and directors, including Daniel Wolfe, Jeff Lowe, and Aaron Stoller on a number of award-winning commercial campaigns. She produced a feature film, which premiered at the BFI Film Festival, and Line produced a feature that won Best Achievement in Production at the British Independent Film Awards and premiered at the Venice Film Festival. Three years ago, she took on the role of head of production at Biscuit Filmworks, where she currently works.
0: Let's take a listen.
1: Thank you both for joining us today, Sam and Rupert. Uh, we'd like to check in first and see how you are doing, how your family's doing, where you're located, just so everyone knows where you're at in the world.
3: I am in Portugal, actually. My mom lives here and uh, she wasn't very well. So just before mm. lockdown, we managed to get a flight out here. Mm. So my kids yeah. are super happy because we have a garden and my mom's obviously really happy to have us near her. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we're doing okay, all of us are healthy. My husband was actually ill for three weeks, and he convinced himself he had it, and we, I sent him, you can get tests here actually a lot easier than in the UK, and he didn't have it, so it was a, mm-hmm. a really bad case of man flu. So now he's better, and we're all fine. Mm-hmm. Um, we've actually mm-hmm. had way worse <laughs> weather than the UK. Everyone thinks that we're on holiday here, but actually we've had like storms and rain and And as Rupert will tell you, we've been pretty busy with work. Mm -hmm. But yeah, my kids are also loving having us around. So we're trying to see the positives in that. They every day, Jack, our three-year-old, asks us if we're going to the office, and when we say no, he just keeps telling us how much he loves us. So (laughs) that's quite sweet. And then we're like, "Bye, we're going to our room Mm for work now." (laughs) But yeah, no. So we're
2: all okay.
0: It's great. Rupert, how about you? Where are you right now? How are you doing?
2: I'm doing well. We are about an hour out of London, so really lucky and kind of count kind ourselves of, so really lucky to not be in the city because the yes. area that I live in Hackney is one of the three most, Reading this afternoon, one of the three most worst affected areas in the country, which mm-hmm. are all three boroughs of London mm-hmm. are the worst and Hackney's up in the top three. So uh, which is also where our where our office is. So, oh. you know, oh. I'm lucky to be here. We are about 15 minutes drive from the coast. So it's not sort of a beautiful. It's a beautiful beach to walk on. It's not a beach that you've gone sunbathe on. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's nice. And we've got a garden that needs a lot of work. So it's good to have a project at the moment. And yeah, everyone's happy. I've got two kids. It's six and another that's three. So navigating that um mm. is a lot better I'm with a big...
1: having you around right
2: <laughs> yeah yeah but it's funny like i've still been working non-stop if mm. not even more you know mm. there was i know we're not sort of getting to that yet but there was sort of like first three weeks was unraveling everything
0: right. yeah we can't get into it because that's that was our next question what was happening right up until the pandemic what was your mindset? When did things start to, you know, I'm sure it was a different timeline for you guys than it was here in the states. When did things start to to become clear that this was a, a big problem?
2: We were potentially the busiest we'd ever been, right? Both with jobs shooting, jobs in mm-hmm. post, and the number of job, the number of jobs that were waiting to shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, most of those being commercials, and then there was a couple of music videos. Every one of them was obviously affected. The ones that were already in post, only one or two of those has aired and the rest of them, the clients are kind of waiting to see when they feel the tone is right to release them. Yeah, we were shooting a lot in the month leading up to the office closing. I was in Hungary, South Africa and Czech Republic on projects. And then on top of that, we had another five or six going as well. We had two projects that were drastically affected, one that was supposed to shoot in Madrid, just out of Madrid, and that never shot. And we had to bring the director and the DP and a couple of other people out of Spain as it was closing. And that was four four or five days before it was gonna shoot. And then we had a project we were shooting in Prague that was a nine-day shoot that got pulled Mm. after five days. So we finished two of the three films that we were shooting, and at some point they were there.
0: And when you say that job was pulled, or you guys stopped it, by any chance, do you remember what
2: date that was? The Saturday was the last day of the shoot. I can't remember what the date was. We were rewriting, I can check for you, it was about six weeks ago. We were rewriting scripts on set to make it possible for us to shoot because the shoot should have been done separately because we were going to shoot the last three days, we were going to shoot the ends of each film because that was a studio. Mm -hmm. So we had to basically move things around. We had an amazing, amazing client, amazing agency, Mm -hmm. really, really great team on the whole thing. And it was just very well balanced on everybody knowing everybody trying to get the most made that they could while nobody doing anything that was going to put anyone at risk.
0: So when that, kind of shut down or altered or was cut short was there any sort of you know we're hearing stories all over that no insurance companies paying out any right. claims on anything but was there anything over there with your insurance did they
2: well that was already shooting so they were in for full fees we managed to save them you know so the, we saved the money anyway um just on being able to of do some deals, but most of the money was already spent so right that yeah that was yeah. all done and that, that wasn't was- I don't even think there was an insurance end on that at all. Yeah, what the um, predominant insurance kind of discussions have been here, and I'm sure it's similar in the states because some jobs we insure, some projects the client insures, some projects the agency insures. It depends Mm -hmm. whether it's a you know whether it's a normal insurance or a wrap up. Those have all been complicated.
1: Right. You said the first three weeks after this, right, we're Mm -hmm. just kind of um handling the. The, what was going to be canceled or re, you know, going into post on the things Mm -hmm. that you had just filmed. Um, after that, it seems like I know for us, board traffic started to pick up a little bit because clients and brands want to get their message out. Mm -hmm. And so everybody here was trying to figure out, I'm sure there too, like what could they do? So we've seen your pitch deck, which is. Amazing. <laughs> Have you been doing any shooting out there? I mean, because I know I've spoken. Yeah, to we sh- um,
2: we actually shot something this week in London. We're doing a couple of projects at the moment. One mm-hmm. of them started out as a live action job that came in and we were pitching before things locked right. down. And we've got an amazing client and agency partner on that. And the director on it has quite a strong VFX background and it was uh, yes. we worked closely with the agency to help bring that back into a project that they could sell in as a CG as a completely CGI VFX project. So the shoot mm-hmm. that we did this week was a four it only had four people. Um remote director, remote producer,
0: right,
2: one cast member where we were doing an Alice scan on her. So basically mm-hmm. scanning her first two hours was literally just the most boring shoot in the world, scanning <laughs> someone. And then <laughs> there was another. <laughs> but yeah. it was The it novelty of actually it's shooting. Reading. Yeah, I yeah. bet everyone was so sure um, right. happy
3: to be there. <laughs> I know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't think it was possible to have a more boring shoot than a mocap shoot, but we managed to right. do it. Um, I'm sure everyone was. Yeah. Glued and then to their um, we were sort of getting a range of movement and a range of. Kind of expressions and everything from her that will then be used over the next 12 weeks of making this film with a lot of people making it in weirdly in their bedrooms. Yeah. And then the three people that did attend the shoot were all wearing personal uh, protective equipment and mm-hmm. we had a bunch of measures. Like obviously nothing is foolproof and nothing is going without a test. Mm-hmm. There isn't an exact way of doing it. Mm-hmm. But we had, I mean, we're, we've been working with a really good company here. And um, who specialise in not necessarily COVID-related things, but in kind of bloody odd health and safety issues. Right. So we everybody sent their temperature, and in the morning we could provide mm-hmm. thermometers for them by the day before if they weren't able to use sort of their own facilities. Everybody was in protective equipment. Everybody adhered to social distancing. The actress drove herself to the shoot,
3: and we're also getting everyone to sign something to say that they mm-hmm. don't have any symptoms of coronavirus.
0: They haven't come into
3: contact with anyone else who has in the last 14 days.
0: And having somebody sign that was that by advice from your lawyers or from the insurance company, or whose interest is that kind of document?
3: From lawyers, as I'm sure it's the same in the states. You can't be insured for coronavirus, so it's it's basically and. In terms of people being able to claim that they caught coronavirus from your shoe, our lawyers have said it's almost impossible to prove that. It's like proving that you got food poisoning from a restaurant. But obviously, you need to do everything you can to mitigate any risk and any chance of anyone catching anything. And so basically, I guess that form is, is another barrier to anyone being exactly. So it's just adding things layer to to minimize the risk Mm -hmm. as much as possible but in terms of in the uk waivers don't because i i I read this article from the hollywood reporter that was saying that they might in the u.s have a waiver where you like waiver your rights to claim and but that doesn't you can't actually do that under uk Mm -hmm. law so
0: oh really okay I was going to ask you about that, if that mm. was something you guys would be considering out there. But uh, it seems like a, a scary prospect yeah. out here to have to sign away your yeah. rights to, uh, yeah. to your health and safety. Mm.
2: The biggest thing we've been talking about, because I'm we're writing the guidelines at the moment for the APA shoot guidelines, which mm-hmm. is our, our version of, the, of AICP. So kind of what the guidelines are going to be moving forward. And it, there's a real the moral it's the moral question of what can we do versus what should we do. absolutely and that's the biggest thing because the issue that we have here which i think you might have too is what we don't have from the government messaging is clarity (laughs) 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 yeah we're we're missing that just a little bit yeah (laughs) And <laughs> so there's a lot of confusion about who can work, who can't work. Right. Mm-hmm. What is deemed as essential? What is deemed as not essential? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, mm-hmm. We're very lucky in that we've had this government furloughing system where a lot of people that haven't been able to work have had government cover up until right. the end of June. Um, whereas, mm-hmm. sounds Same. like in the US, there's people a lot more reliant on finding out whether they're going to get loans, and there's a lot of fear yeah. because of that.
1: And anxiety and.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. while we have necessarily the same fear, there is a it's different fear. And mm-hmm. I think the immediate future for a lot of people is not looking as bad, but the government is very... I think what we're going to see over the next couple of weeks is the government getting more and more strong on trying to get people to go and work in whatever capacity they can. Of right. course. And how we can get some sort of way of, A, getting the economy back on track, but also... I fear that if they don't, there's going to be a, a level of mass redundancies that's going to happen in the next month that nobody right. really I mean, wants. Our,
3: our current government yeah. advice yeah. under lockdown is to work from home if you can, but if you can't, then take all precautions to social distance. And if you can't do that, then wear PPE. So really, <laughs> they're not... You're on your own. But essentially, we yeah. can shoot. It's just sort of...
2: Well, the film office aren't issuing any permits.
3: That's what I
0: wanted to ask. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no permits, which means is there a standard amount of people or aspects of the shoot that Mm -hmm. is okay to be filming
2: without a permit? Well, if it's on private land. Yeah, same here. Okay.
0: And then is there there any sort of uh, government restrictions on how many people can be assembled in one place at one time?
3: No, not yet. It's just you need to maintain social distance wherever you can. Yeah. Wow.
2: But nobody knows when or if they're going to make that announcement. So then it comes back to an insurance problem. Of if you've got a shoot happening in two weeks' time, how yeah. is that? And it's uninsurable if the government then says you can't have more than 15 people in one place when it's a more ambitious idea than that. So that is, it's all part of that sort of murky... Communication, with Right.
1: Them. How have your discussions with agency been along these lines? I mean, understanding that the type of, you know, amount of production that we could provide before is different from what mm. we can do now. And the cost may be different because of needing to span it over days, even though it's less, you know, yeah. there's so many discussions to have. How are those talks going?
2: Good. I think there's two different conversations that are happening and the more they merge together the better. One of them is a conversation with heads of production and their producers about kind of realities of shooting. Mm-hmm. And then the other right. one is what I'm like what I'm enjoying the most at the moment is the conversations that I'm having with ECDs and creative directors about mm-hmm. what their clients want to try and say. Right. Probably how they want to say it. And mm-hmm. trying to open up more doors on how we can achieve that. Right. So, you know, I think that this is a point where collaboration is more important than ever. We, you know, as production companies, all production companies around the world represent directors who have had to work with massive restrictions early on in their right. careers, if not throughout their whole careers. All good creatives have pushed the boundaries of the restrictions that they've got. They've kind of mm-hmm. looked at a client, they've looked at a brief, said, what's the restrictions that I've got to deal with? How can we get as close as we can to so pushing that a bit and then mm-hmm. make something great? So I think that now that we're out of a phase where everybody who said, we care about you, we're here. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah <you> know, <laughs> uh, I'm good. That one's done. We're thinking of you and <laughs> <having> this together. <laughs>
2: and it was great. And it was really good that got it, it had Wonderful. And we also probably yeah. saw the mass edit of all of them put together and then uh, yep, yep. you know, and then there was another phase a week and a half ago on UK TV, which was like fifteen ads made on Zoom mm-hmm. all came out. Oh yeah. All the supermarkets oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and a few mm-hmm. others. And now we're into a phase where I think there's and this us sort of talk about phases, but we're into a phase where bigger and better ideas are starting to be thought about again. Yeah. Entertainment is starting to become important again. You know, if we look in our social media streams, everybody is smashing their way through different series on whatever platform it is, whether it's Netflix or Amazon or whatever. People are there and open to be watching longer things, don't necessarily want to be sold to, Mm, yeah. (laughs) But brands can entertain people.
3: I think if you, I don't know about Um, your WhatsApp, but my WhatsApp is just full of jokes and memes and things to make people laugh and it feels like Mm -hmm. that's what we need (laughs) Mm -hmm. next yeah i think people need some light relief Mm -hmm. now some laughs um but obviously Mm -hmm. that's really hard for brands and agencies to get right to get that tone right it's a big step
2: i just because we also you know we work in music videos as well and it's been um i was really surprised to see that music streaming is down from talking to a few people at labels it sounds like it's because there's no people aren't commuting mm. so that knocks out a whole lot mm. of when they would listen right. to music and everything's kind of more switched over to screens as opposed to straight up listening and um, i think podcasts are up
3: mm-hmm.
2: which is good mm-hmm.
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> good for us good for us
2: keep listening <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: okay,
2: yeah, but that's Rivening. been a, some of those kind of
0: interesting steps. And so you're starting to see actual boards? Is is there any? Because yeah. I, I f- do feel like there is going to be a big push to comedy when it's right mm-hmm. and when it's done correctly coming yeah. out of something like this. You know, that's how we ended up with the sitcoms in the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. Was out of all the fear of nuclear war in the mm-hmm. 70s and beyond. So are you seeing that in some scripts? Are you seeing some levity and some some return to like you
2: said, entertainment? Yeah, there's definitely, not
3: quite yet, maybe, but
2: there's a little bit of it already signed off and being made, like a little bit of it. I think that, but there was a lot of conversations yeah. about it happening. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's positive. And I think that client, I mean, clients are really nervous yeah. about getting it wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, everyone's I mean, watching. Yeah.
1: So they're going to get held to the fire immediately. Exactly.
3: And people are hypersensitive right now, aren't they? So it's, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Hypersensitive. And I think that getting it wrong, I think, is a common feeling mm. for everybody, not just okay. brands and their messaging. Right. I mean, I know for me and Christian, we're almost paralyzed with fear about yeah. running a film shoot properly yeah. so we don't get it wrong and get people Yeah,
1: sick. as the f- yeah. freelance people who would be in charge of it.
0: Yeah, and I think that there's there's people who... Feel like this? We've been calling it the Great Pause, thanks to some somebody Mm -hmm. we stole from Katie (laughs) Byron. Katie Byron, thanks to Katie Byron, we call it the Great Pause. And I think so many people feel this pressure of coming out of this renewed and refreshed and and reinvented, and Uh and they they don't want to get it wrong. So I feel like that's a recurring theme, yeah, yeah, across the board, yeah. But Sam, I want to ask you as head of production: Has there been any discussion about how set safety is monitored? Mm -hmm. We know all the protocols. We're getting
1: lists from everybody. <laughs> yeah, we are seeing the list from every country and every production
0: house about set safety and AICP and and all that. So we know we get it. But in our thinking, you know, we're trying to figure out: is there a third party person that should be on set to make right. sure the company's doing monitor. it correctly or monitor? Like, like you have an animal welfare monitor or, or something to that effect. I don't know. what is yeah. there any discussions about that? Yeah.
3: W- what Rupert touched on earlier, there's this company, First Option Safety, who provide health and safety officers. And you would normally only get them for like, you know, if you had a shoot with like airplanes or, or you know, something really high risk. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I personally felt that we should have them on every shoot. And then the APA have actually just turned around that they've been – spend the last few weeks developing their protocols. And they have actually said that they're going to recommend that you have one on every shoot. Because I think as a producer, you've got enough going on without being having to monitor that. And that's a huge job, you know, like particularly as you're going to have all right. your departments now spread out potentially in remote locations. Mm -hmm. to monitor that is a big job and and I think it's this it's this doing everything you can by the book so if anyone you know questions what you've done you you know you really can say you've done everything right but what you were saying about budgets is going to be interesting because I'm sure you've worked out that um Mm -hmm. it's definitely not going to help the budget but then I guess you just factor all of that in when you're bidding really and And this is why we're talking so much to agencies for them to also factor in that it is going to be more expensive to shoot Mm -hmm. with the current restrictions that we have.
1: Right. And the amount Mm -hmm. of content that they're able to get from their dollar Mm -hmm. is going to change dramatically, maybe, or not. Either way, having those discussions before we get into the production is, I guess... Uh huh. Wise. <laughs> because, um, that is a fear and that is, so you're talking directly to my heart right there because you're right. We're going to have a lot of responsibility and people are going to need to be reassured that they're not going to be yeah. in danger and what their risk is versus their desperation of needing to work versus the risk of getting sick yeah. is going to at some point outweigh yeah. each other.
2: And I think there's, you know, there's, there's all sorts of levels to it. Because the other thing that we've been talking about and that we're looking at is trying to find a supplier who can provide us with protective equipment. Yes. Who isn't going to then be well, but isn't one of the suppliers that our national health service is using. So potentially right. mm-hmm. slowing down right. key workers from right. being able to get it. So because that's been a big thing in the news. Here is. I mean, yeah, they're dealing—they're dealing, they're they're dealing with suppliers that can operate in hundreds of thousands or m- millions of units. We—we we wouldn't be doing that because we're never mm-hmm. going to have the storage facilities to do it. Then there's, there's other questions on how many times a day do you have to change that equipment? You know, it looks exactly. like you probably have to change your equipment two or three times mm-hmm. during the day. Mm-hmm. So you leave, and you have whatever lunch yep. looks like. You know, probably a box. <laughs> yeah standing a couple of meters lunch. away from somebody. But whatever yeah. that looks like, if you go outside, if somebody goes out for a cigarette, whatever, if they come back, they probably need to change again. So those, yeah. just or working out all those logistics, mm-hmm. is get, exactly, restroom, I mean, when we sh- were shooting just before the lockdown, we had, a lot of extra hand washing stations and hot water and soap mm-hmm. and all of yes. that kind of thing. On set, we were in Prague and Prague had run out of mm. hand sanitizer. So, oh, really? It, the, whole, like, yeah, the
1: whole world, yeah, the, whole, the whole state.
2: Yeah, yeah, we're <laughs> just frantically trying to make it, like to basically sell it. Yeah, all of those sorts of things. And kind of mm-hmm. how we factor in it, kind of comes back to trying to be a sustainable company and not screw anyone over at any point in the pipeline so just making sure we've got some of that in place as well
3: I mean one positive though is one of the things that we've put on our protocols is that sign offs need to happen like on time you can't have last minute changes because all of that stuff put people at risk and so as a production point of view uh, and and, you know you can't argue with that Um, no one is going to want to make a last minute change to a shoot um, which could affect people's health. So I think that's going to be a positive. in time
1: too, like uh, once you have remote approvals and then, you know, it's something, because I am in discussions with some folks about uh, tabletop beauty mm-hmm. going on and possibly filming in yeah. Norway. And, you know, like turning a bottle slate, yeah. <laughs> those shoots, as we know, can be tedious and discussing, um, almost discussing it like a post. You know, mm-hmm. you only have two rounds of revisions before you're going to get into some dough. You know what I mean? <laughs> or yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. So.
0: Yeah, it's going to be an interesting way forward. We talk about it a lot on the show. We're kind of starting from scratch in a strange way. I mean, obviously, the formula is still there. You need camera, you need an you need locations. But right. I think the way we put the shoots together, the way we handle client management, mm-hmm. because the days of working on a frame forever, you know, yeah. gonna be, it's just going to be different. And mm-hmm. so we're kind of... Rebuilding as Mm -hmm. we go. Yeah. Hopefully, the agencies and the brands Mm -hmm. will kind of partner with us and allow us to lead them in how we need to do this going forward.
2: Yeah, and I I think it is a really good time for agencies and clients to really work closely with the companies they've got a strong partnership with and a lot of trust with. There's a lot of turmoil happening in a lot of agencies at the moment. They're very big companies with a lot of people who have had their fans, you know, drop off a cliff and they're trying to work out what's going on and we need to support them going back to kind of the board's question before i think there's two kinds of projects that are going around at the moment one is something to go kind of now and the other one is for after and my worry about the things for after is what does that look like is that two months from now or is that Eighteen yeah. months from now, you know, like yeah. what? Because we're going to live with all of us are going to live with a version of social distancing until there's a vaccine. There's no question masks. about masks. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: you know, one of the big questions I've been getting because you know our version of the Super Bowl is Christmas commercials here because they will need to go into production now or soon. Right. Is what should they be thinking about? And obviously, we can't have groups you know, we can't have wow. a bunch of background extras we can't have everybody can we show a whole multi-generational family having a meal together
3: possibly not currently right yeah. because unless they
2: all live together exactly yeah.
0: well wow. or you shot them separately on green screen yeah
2: but what is that but then yeah. also if you do do that on green screen can do you want to show that at christmas if it's not something that anybody's physically able to do mm-hmm. like there's no. So many of these questions. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The, mm-hmm. the cultural, the cultural aspect is interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, even if we can fake a family why would you together, show that when yeah. no
3: one will be able to do that themselves.
0: Because obviously, we can issue plates all day, but it's kind of yeah. <laughs> it still has to be. <laughs> it has to be. It has to be relevant to the current culture and the current current <laughs> timeframe of what's happening. Yeah,
1: I mean, we talk yeah. about that now. Seeing stuff before with people touching in a commercial, we're like, oh, yeah. Why yeah. are they touching? Mm. Yeah.
3: <laughs> we are yeah, far yeah. apart, so. like right, they're putting um, legals on some of our ads now that say "shot before coronavirus" or what have you. To cover oh, themselves. Oh, I'm taking that really? note down. I've not heard that yet. So That's that they don't get complaints like yeah. "why are these people hugging and the uh, yeah, shop?" Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> the tone thing. Like, I'm really. I think the the entertainment thing is important. We shot a big project for and a rebrand for Fanta just before Christmas. Mm. And it's straight up kind of comedy entertainment. It's like a, it's it's YouTubers and it's sort of doing extremely idiotic things um, and shot. As as they do. Yeah, but also almost shot like a Nike commercial, you know, and it's playing on quite a lot of European TV. And it's been nice just getting messages from people saying it's so nice to see it on and different from the rest of what most brands are showing.
1: Sam, if I could, we like to ask if you have any advice. For crew members, anything to get them through this time.
3: I mean, I've just found just talking to people has been amazing. Like just yeah. everyone from like animal handlers to different crew members, and actually mm-hmm. hearing what you know. I, I read a, a thing that a, a wardrobe stylist had written, and she was like, "You know, we've been struggling for space, being able to clean costumes properly, being given enough like time and stuff, and you know, suddenly." We have time to talk to people and find out different departments, what they actually need. And we're now in a position to rewrite the rule book. And I'm finding that really interesting because we just don't normally have time for that. You're just going, going, going. You don't stop and assess if this actually, the way we're working actually right. We just job to job to job. And I found that really interesting. Mm. I mean, in terms of, um, if you're not working there, there seems to be lots of companies that are doing free training and resources. I mean, I know, I don't know if there's a, a state's equivalent, but the APA in the UK are doing great stuff like that you can log into some fun stuff for kids and some learning things and just some talks from creatives about past jobs any furloughed staff and, and people that aren't working are able to log into that. So that's been really good. And I've been trying to do that alongside some. Nice. And actually one of the talks that we had was an Ad Green. Um, so Ad Green is like a nonprofit organization in the UK that's run by this uh, producer called Jo Coons on the side of her day job. And it's to try and promote environmental issues in our industry. And that is something that was really interesting, actually, because obviously that was the big talking point and what we were all working towards improving. And that's been slightly sidelined. And sadly, a lot of the post COVID 19 production protocols aren't very environmentally friendly. It like encourages single use of things that aren't recyclable, like masks Mm -hmm. and gloves that are going to need to be thrown away. Um, You know, we were using catering so we yeah we were using like everything. reusable cups mm-hmm. reusable cutlery reusable plates now it's going to be single use prepackaged meals So Jo coons that's like her thing and she's obviously quite worried how it's going to impact that mm-hmm. but i think you know now's the time that we can take some time to research and it's very early days but hopefully we can find some sustainable options for some of those things but on a more positive note she was saying the two big things environmentally the big carbon emissions things are travel specifically flights and then power specifically Mm. generators i mean obviously right now there's no flying but going forwards i definitely think that's going to be way less than it was you're going to try and use Mm. local crew wherever Mm. you can you know agency and client numbers are going to be massively reduced and also, you know, you're not going to have as big lighting setup because you can't have as big crews. So everything's going to be reduced. So actually, by the end of it, I think we're all feeling like hopefully it's not going to be a step backwards for the environmental side of things. Yeah. No In terms of advice, I think just taking this time to take stock, like personally and professionally, I think it's mm-hmm. when do we when do we ever get that? Mm-hmm. And I guess.
0: And Rupert, same question to you, but in thinking of the directors on your your roster, your creative teams, what advice do you have for them during this time? And as we're starting to kind of ease back into what the new working normal is going to look like?
2: A few of our directors are working on longer form projects that they've been trying to find time for. And that is definitely, it's a good time for that. It's not being caught up with a lot of other immediate things that happen when you're currently focusing on commercials. Mm -hmm. especially when commercials are the things that pay. Look, I think that the key thing at the moment as far as kind of keeping momentum going with agencies, focusing on not being worried about what seems obvious that what you can make, like user-generated work, that kind of thing. I think trying to focus on what good ideas can be made and how to find a new way to make them. And that goes back to whatever restrictions you've had before most of us will come up through music videos, and normally you've got 10 grand in two weeks, you know, yeah. which is a shitty restriction no matter what, no matter what, no matter how anybody tries to get it. Yeah. And we've got equally shitty restrictions right now. And I think that right. just trying to find a way to box clever around it is the right thing to be doing.
0: Thanks, guys, yeah, for thank you guys chatting, so much. chatting with us today. We really appreciate it. It helps give us a view of what's yeah. happening in the other countries. Th- things feel so disparate. And so, as you said, there's no like kind of coordinated effort in...
1: <laughs> leadership. We're, we're kind of
0: leadership. We're making it up as we go, so it's great to check in with you guys and see what's happening over there, and hopefully we'll all be back on set someday uh, soon. Uh, exactly. But before you go, and we'll ask you separately, what what is one thing that you're looking forward to most once we are able to reconvene and kind of step back out and see each other? It could be a, a pint at your favorite pub. Or, That's what I'm looking you know, forward to. Dinner with mom. Uh, <laughs> Die far bathroom.
3: So,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, what about you? What are you looking forward to most? Yeah,
3: I, I'm going to say just going to have a meal out with my husband. I'm so excited about that. Oh, being oh, it, having yeah. a menu
0: and being able to
3: order <laughs> and not cooking it myself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And not having to do
0: the dishes after and
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, can't I wait. love that,
0: Rupert. Yeah, I had, yeah, dinner with friends. Yeah, 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 yeah dinner with friends.
2: Yeah.
1: So, they are adorable. They are and at least dampens some of, you know, my well-discussed fear at this point of what yeah. conversations are being had with agency and client.
0: And it's good to hear. I think the most relieving thing for me was hearing how their version of AICP there—it's the APA. Mm-hmm. They are going to start to recommend that there is some sort of third party monitor on set. I know. To, to make sure <laughs> the social distancing and all the regulations are being met. And I think that is really important. I don't know who that will be here. I think I heard a couple organizations might be handling that kind of thing. So hopefully that is something that is required or at least mandated or highly suggested by the AICP here. Because it is a big job.
1: Well, I would hope that, you know, the way that California made it kind of, uh, well, isn't it the law in California to have an animal monitor on set?
0: I don't believe it's the law. My understanding is that that's the only way you get the certificate. And if you don't have a certificate, networks will not run your ad because they will get in trouble with, like, PETA will come after them. Right. And so that's
1: how I feel that uh, maybe the networks will step up and require some sort of that. And so then it just becomes standard practice that you work into your budget.
0: Yep, exactly. All right. Thanks to Rupert Reynolds-McLean and to Samantha Chitty from Biscuit UK for joining us today. We appreciate the time and their insight into what's happening over there in the land of commercial production. We're going to be following suit pretty quickly Uh, here.
1: I hope so. They sound like they're doing it right. So Lawrence, this show was edited and co-produced by Rob Bloomke.
0: Artwork and logo design by Christopher Daniels.
1: And our unused but amazing music was composed by Kyle Puccia.
0: Yes. Thanks for listening. We're back tomorrow. Until then, stay safe, stay connected, stay active, and we still have to stay home, even though the uh, national stay-at-home orders are now gone. To that, (laughs) wash your
1: hands, don't touch your face, grab that phone right now and clean it. Clean your phone. Yeah, and then take a look at how you cleaned it and see how dirty it was, so keep that in mind. (laughs) And if you do leave the house, please wear a mask.
0: Yes, and send us your emails or your voice recordings to ProducersHappyHour at gmail.com.
1: Lawrence, how do people reach you directly?
0: You can get me at LawrenceTLewis.com or for voiceover work, VoiceOfLawrence.com. Christian, how do people get a hold of you?
1: SisterChristianProduces.com.
0: Yes. All right, guys.
1: Talk to you later.
0: Bye.